Then we'll go to First John. First John, the last three verses of chapter four. Praise the Lord that you're here and that, as I said, welcome those on the internet that are listening in tonight. And those that are travelling, <coughs> well, you can listen, listen in if you are travelling <laughs> on your phone. And if you've got Bluetooth, you can put on the radio, couldn't you? On your speakers in the car. <coughs> you know, amazing the technology we have and we can make use of. Let's <coughs> read verse 19. Well, we'll pick it up with verse 17 and go through. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If any man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, <clears throat> how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this detailed instruction, the third time in the book of First John, about love. And, and when you were questioned, Lord, on that very topic, what is the greatest commandment? And you said to love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love your brother also. Lord, we thank you for this clear instruction, this clear obligation, this command. I pray, Lord, that we would be in obedience to that when we don't feel like it and when we do feel like it. Lord, we'll do that. Now bless the word as it's shared tonight in the fellowship and the prayer time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <coughs> So yes, product of love. Last week we concluded with that and um, there's no fear to he that is made perfect in love. If we're not walking in love, we'll be walking in fear. That's what it means if we're not doing what we should be as far as love is concerned. And loving him and loving his word and loving one another, then there's going to be fear. <clears throat> and so if we have fear about something, check out whether the love how the love barometer is doing with loving God, loving his word, loving to pray to him, loving the people of God, loving the work of God. Um, <clears throat> and then see, well, maybe that's why I have fear. Perfect love casteth out fear. And just prior to that, the judgment was spoken about. So, oh boy, I don't want to go there because I fear what might be the case, what the judgment might be. No, perfect love, if we're walking in love, we won't be fearing that. We come to verse 19 to 21. Love and relatives or related persons. Our spiritual brothers and sisters in the Lord. This is what it's talking about here. Um, hateth his brother, brother, brother. It's used three times there in these verses. <coughs> so love and relatives for the sake of an outline. So um, it, might be, it might be the Christian brothers sisters in the flesh but really brothers and sisters in the Lord we're talking about here the great characteristic of the Christian 
is not fear but love. The reason for love in verse 19, our capacity to love others, where does this come from? You know, if, if we didn't have this, and, and you see religions, you see people all around the world that don't have the love of God, don't know about the love of God, where does the love of God come from? He loved us. It comes from God, doesn't it? True love comes, agape love comes from God displayed in the Lord Jesus Christ when he came to die for us. <clears throat> you know, we love those that love us, but what about loving those that hate us? That's the Lord Jesus. And so <clears throat> the reason God gives us this, any love that we have is not derived from within our own being. And when you think of cultures and um, countries that have gone away from the teaching of God, don't, don't know anything about that, then there's a real absence of love. It, it's almost like in the animal kingdom, they, they how do we say, they, they're programmed to do it. What's the word? Yeah, yeah, that's what the Bible talks about. The instinct. instinct, that's the word I was thinking of, Bernie. Yeah, it, it's instinctively. So maybe they have that and brother, sister, family, but they don't know the love of God. We have that because we know him. And he's talked to us about that, about it in his word. So it's not derived from within. It's derived from God because he is the originator of all these things. And in a sense, we are simply letting God love other people through us because we know the love of God. So the reason for love there is because of God. The reality concerning love, verse 20, if a man says, I love God and hateth his brother. <laughs> um, <clears throat> our claim of loving others, it says, if a man says. I, <laughs> have you heard people making claims? I do this and I do that and I am this and I am that. Well, that's why he says, if a man says. So John here takes up the hypothetical claim that someone might make if a man says. And he contrasts that claim with the conduct of that person. So there's the claim and the conduct of the man's life. And he concludes that one's action or actions can negate his claim. You don't have to be around long to find that out. <laughs> you know, I say that I don't do. And uh, the Lord Jesus spoke much about these people and others of the apostles spoke about this claim in chapter 3 of Matthew and verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, this is John the Baptist, he saw them coming to his baptism. He said unto them, O generation of vipers, <laughs> no love lost there, was it? <laughs> generation of vipers. <clears throat> Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance. He could see through them. The, re the people of the day could see through these religious leaders. They're just hypocrites. Jesus saw through them. And over and over again, when the Lord Jesus confronted and, and put these people in their place and in a corner with his words and the debates they had with him, the, the people were, yes, yes, someone can put them in their place. They got all this claim that they are such and such and so and so, but they've got no fruits. They don't evidence what we read in our Bible about God and about our behaviour. 
And think not to say within yourself, we have Abraham as our father. For I say unto you, you know, I am a... And that's the claim that most people make when you talk to them about the Lord Jesus. Well, I go to such and such a church, or I am this, I am that. So, <laughs> I am Abraham. I have Abraham. <clears throat> yeah, when you talk to a Jew and they say that, yeah, so do I. Because by faith you do have Abraham as your father. <clears throat> For I say unto you that God is able to of these stones to rise up children to Abraham. The axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth forth not good fruit is axed, is hewn down and cast into the fire. And that's what the Lord has done and is doing. Right now he's drawing them back to himself, that nation. And so <clears throat> there you have that. What, what uh, John the Baptist said in chapter 7 of the book of Matthew and verse 15. Again, these people are spoken about. They make a claim, but their conduct is nothing like their claim. And don't the media like to hold a politician up to that and make a claim, but they don't do what they claim. Mm. It's <laughs> hollow, hollow drums. <laughs> 7 verse 15 says, Beware of false prophets who come unto you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits, the conduct. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? No, even so every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit, but is corrupt. A corrupt tree bringeth, oh sorry, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Every good tree bringeth good fruit, a corrupt tree evil fruit. But a good tree cannot bring evil fruit, you know. It can't. It's not, not possible. You had a, a crab apple. We had a tree in the orchard at the Emerald Farm, it was a crab apple. They're tiny, short, and bitter. they're small, they don't grow big, and you can't eat them. They're bitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is what these guys were like. The fruit, it wasn't bringing forth good fruit. Every tree that I've had in Albury brings forth good fruit. Peach tree, beautiful. Bin loads, I mean big bin loads of fruit. And uh, what are those? Fruit flies. You wrecked it. But it would be good to have kept them, but we're breeding fruit flies, not fruit. <laughs> and uh, <coughs> the good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down, cast into fire. So we need to be displaying our claims through our conduct. And James chapter 3 verse 18 says, And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by them that make peace. And back in chapter 2 of James and verse 14, he says there, what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can, that, can faith save him? Can that sort of faith? So the claim and the conduct. How are we doing? We claim this. We have to think about it in relation to ourselves. Not just, oh, it's these guys. It was the Pharisees and it's these religious people. What about our claims? What about our conduct? Do they measure up? They meet. The reality of what is... The reality of love is not what you say, but how you act. And the claim is expressed there, I love God. They say, man says, I love God. And we ought to love God. In fact, in the Old Testament, the Jews had much the same teaching. And Jesus quoted this when questioned, that I referred to earlier in Deuteronomy chapter 
6 and verse 4, Hear, O Israel, and the Jews were to repeat this every morning to get it in their head and in, in, in their life. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might, thy understanding in the New Testament. So there it is. <laughs> the same one that Jesus repeated, which is the greatest commandment, there it is in Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. Now we repeat it daily, recite it daily. Um, <clears throat> verse 20, in verse 20, love is in the present tense. If a man say, I love God, that means I continually love God. For he that loveth continually loveth not his brother. And so that it's in the present tense here, habitually, continually loving God. But then it also refers to that the other word, the opposite to love is hate. If a man says, I love God and hateth, that is also in the present continuous tense. Continual hatred, a welling up inside. You know, when, when somebody's like that, they can't hide it. Their facial expressions, when they see someone, it sours. And you can say, there's something going on inside. There's something wrong inside. When a person is like that, I pray that we don't find ourselves with that attitude. You know, see someone and you go, yeah, I'll go the other way here. <laughs> we should be able to greet and, and uh, love each other as the Lord loved us while we were yet sinners. So, <clears throat> and hateth his brother. Present tense. First um, John three verse eighteen says there, "My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth." Much the same as what we were saying before, just uh, backing that up. And so John evaluates one's claim by one's one's conduct. The claim exposed and hateth his brother. Back there in chapter three in verse thirteen, we went through this some many months ago marvel not my brethren if the world hates you in we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren he that loveth not his brother abideth in death whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him <clears throat> when you read that you think it must be my brother sister in the flesh because it says first in verse 15, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath, if you, if you start looking and thinking that through. But I think it really relates to our brother in Christ. Because you can't call him a brother in Christ if you're a hater and a murderer, because you're not their brother. <laughs> so that's why I say it must be referring to in the flesh brother. You get what I mean? Um, <clears throat> anyway, you can think it through yourself. Hmm. No, he's a brother. Hateth his brother. Oh, maybe we should just stop for a minute and think. Is there someone I hate? <laughs> think through. You know? Is there someone that's done something to me that I just plain hate and every time I see him it just comes up in me and I can't help my facial expressions when I see them? You know what? You need to check if you're saved. Because no murderer who is a hater, you don't know, say, murderer? 
equivalent to a hater. <laughs> in the Middle East, who are the haters? M murderers. They have not the eternal life of God abiding in them. So the conclusion that's elaborated in verse 20, if a man says, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a murderer. He's not really the brother, person's brother in, in the spiritual sense. He is a liar. This all fits together, doesn't it? Because in John chapter 8, who is the father of lies? The devil. The devil. And he, he hates. He's just a hater. He, he, he pretends to love his subjects, the majority of people in the, in the world, but really he hates them because he just wants them to go to hell. He doesn't love them at all. And uh, you, your father is the devil if you are or have the attitude of hatred. It's not the Lord your father. I, we really need to emphasize this. I think John is the one in the whole of the Bible that brings this thought out. So examine ourselves, whether we be in the faith. Examine ourselves if we have hate. Why do I hate? We are commanded to love, not to hate. And this, you know, this thought of a liar is brought up about six times by John. And John was old and he knew what he was talking about. And the Holy Spirit was guiding him in and. First John 1.10, it says, If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. Well, we're, we're claiming if we just say we're not, we don't sin as Christians. I've heard people that call themselves Christians say, I oh, know, I've reached the plateau, I'm right, I don't sin anymore. You just sinned by saying that. You make God a liar. Fancy, that's bringing the, the Lord down to the level of the devil. Because the devil is the father of lies and God is not the father of lies. He's the father of truth, love and righteousness, grace and mercy and peace. Uh, <clears throat> chapter 2 and verse 4. The first John, he that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar. And that one really applies to what we're talking about. I, if a man says he loves God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. <laughs> and the truth is not in him and <clears throat> for the sake of souls that claim to be Christians this needs to be emphasized and they and they've got a heart a heart of hatred toward others in verse 22 of first John 2 as well who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is a Christ he that whoops he is antichrist and that denieth the father and the son and so you go over and over these <clears throat> and one last one in First John 5 and verse 10, it says, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not the Son hath made him a liar. That's, that's bad <laughs> to be in that position. So there's the claim expressed, the claim that is, I love God, the claim exposed he, and hateth his brother, the conclusion elaborated, he is a liar, and the conclusion explained in the last part or last half of verse 20, um, <clears throat> for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? So John argues that it's more difficult to love something unseen than something that is visible. You ever been explained, someone's explained something to you and how nice it is and wonderful it is, but you can't get the picture in your head, you have to see it. <laughs> and then you, then you understand why they say it was a, you know, a lovely place or you know, it was a place to be, behold. Uh, <clears throat> and so 
the conclusion explained there. He that loveth not his brother. Do we love God even though we haven't seen him? Yes, because we've seen what he does. We've, we've got the testimony of scripture. The requirement of love. So the reason for love, verse 19. The reality of love, verse 20. And requirement of love, verse 21. And it says there, And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. This we have from him. Brotherly love is not an idea which originated with John, nor with us. And John seems to delight in, in reminding us again and again that love is of God, specifically from Christ. And um, <clears throat> from Christ. I th I th on that one today, I thought, from Christ, from God. You think about that. Now, this is a commandment we've got from God. But what have we got from God? I thought, what have we got from God? <laughs> That's what I put down first. <laughs> Everything. It is. It truly is. Um, and I just started love, life, liberty, love here, life and liberty in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then world came to my mind. He's given us a world. He's given us his word. He woos us in his word. He's given us wisdom. He's given us work to do with our hands that we can enjoy the fruit of our labours. Family, friends and fellowship. Possessions, pleasures, power. As you said, John, everything, everything is from God. If a man think he is something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself and the truth is not in him. We need to recognise everything's from him and everything will be from him for eternity. You say, but what if I mess up when I get to heaven you frowned why it won't happen <laughs> we can't mess up in heaven we'll have a glorified body and we won't sin the sin nature's gone and um, from God we enjoy the pleasures forevermore contemplate that thought first Timothy chapter 6 and uh, verse 17 charge them that are rich is talking to rich people in this chapter and rich, don't let them deceive you the, the riches that they be not high minded nor trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy what have we got from him all things we've got a commandment from him in this verse and many commandments in other verses about other things but we've got He's given us richly all things to enjoy. Down here and in heaven. You know when you first taste something you've never tasted before? Oh, I like doing it to the grandkids. When their parents aren't looking, giving them some ice cream. No, I don't do it when they come around. <laughs> they all, they've all had them from grandma. <laughs> <laughs> but they really light up because of something I haven't seen you know mangoes we didn't have mangoes when we were kids they weren't around here they didn't transport them they couldn't but now they're everywhere and, and lychees and whatever else is on the shelf I look at that porcupine looking what is that but 
God has given us all these things richly to enjoy. Uh, macadamia nuts, creamy, smooth, <laughs> hard, as a, hard as a nut to crack they are. But he's given us abundance. Not only the thing, but in abundance these things are. And we were counted a blessing. I put down Ecclesiastics when I was come, <coughs> come to this thought. Chapter 5. And verse 18, not only love, but all these things. Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and meet for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labour that he taketh under the sun. All the days of his life, which God giveth him, for it is his portion. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth and hath given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labour. This is the good gift of God. God's given all these good things to us. Let's bless him and praise him for that. He's given us the command to love. And we ought to. The source of this commitment is from him. And think of that, all things are from him. The substance of the command the new commandment I give unto you. <clears throat> John said this in chapter 13 of the Gospel of John and verse 34. He said there, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, you also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one toward another. So this is the new commandment, and this is what we should do. If you want Christian, unsaved people to notice, Christianity in action, love one another. Love your brother and sister in the Lord. Love your brother and sister in the flesh too. Do you hear that, young people? Do you love your sister? Do you love your brother? What if we had a recording of the last week from the home? Ah, oh. <laughs> the last day. <laughs> what, what? Last hour, we're getting down tight now. Was that on the way here? <laughs> yep. That's where we learn to love them and overlook. And you do find that children born into a larger family learn to adjust <laughs> to, the, to the desires and wants and needs of others rather than just having it their way. And uh, so... Anyway, in the, in the larger family in the church, we need to learn to love one another. It's a commandment given to us. It's something God's given for us all to obey. And um, what, yeah, what chapter would you go to give a, a pretty quick explanation of, of love? There's a chapter in the Bible that sort of lays it down. The, the gospel, yeah, John, 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 but we're talking about Paul now. Yeah. Paul. Yeah, First Corinthians 13, chapter 1, I mean chapter 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love or charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Hypocrite, he just said. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. That's pretty big, isn't it? Uh, none of us can move mountains and have the faith of that. If you don't have love, what's the sense in moving a mountain? 
and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. I was talking to Andrew last night about Israel and, and a lot of the Christians that are getting involved with Israel now, what are they doing? They're giving. It's good. But what should they be giving? <laughs> More than the giving. <laughs> Not just goods. And they should be giving the truth of the word of God. Because the people over there are lost and are headed for awful times. They need to know the Lord Jesus. And, and Andrew said it's just lacking everywhere. The good works, yes. Shall good works save him? No. <laughs> but the truth of the gospel will save them. Um, <clears throat> but both go together, don't they? As James said. Um, and have not love, it profiteth me nothing. If you bestow all your goods to feed the poor and give the body to be burned. That, that's talking about um, martyrdom, being martyred, burned at the stake. Love suffereth long, love is kind, love envieth not. The word is charity here in all these. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not be so, behave itself unseemly, seeketh not its own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. <laughs> Memorise those ones, because that's the heart of love. That's true love, not hypocritical love. Not I say and I don't do. Claim and conduct go together. Let's <clears throat> now have a few words, anything to share before we do? Any thoughts? So when you go home and the car, there's no fighting there on the way or at home. No arguing or bickering. <coughs>